and I implore you to show me your news. Show me your news. And now, from the Super Smash Brothers capital of the world, SmashNexus.net proudly presents. Show me your news. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Show Me Your News. This is episode 50. Wow, it's half of a, a century in terms of podcast numbers, if you will. We're back from hiatus. I know, we are we are very old. We're back from hiatus. Um, we kind of kind of gave up hope on the video thing. If you ever think about doing a video podcast like we did, I would not recommend it. It's a ton of work, and like it does turn out well, but it's just the amount of work for the result is just not worth it. So we're back to our audio roots, uh, refreshed after a good hiatus, and inspired after um, a convention that we went to, and because of that, uh, we've got Cyberlink420 and Sword Hunter on the air. Cyberlink, good to have you back, a, a recurring guest. It's great to be back, Yoko. I'm really happy to be here. I, I kind of feel like the baby dill of the podcast. Like, you bring me in midway through a later season, and you're running out of ideas. And then years later, everybody starts to complain the newer episodes aren't as good as the old one. They cite my appearance as the drop-off point. So Does that I can't wait to sort of ruin Show Me Your News for all time. Does that make me like stew pickles, then? I don't know. Do you have badass purple hair? This, I just might. I just might. And of course, my brother Sword Hunter. Uh, anytime, man. Anytime. It's always easy to get a hold of you. So, on nice. tap for today, we uh, have a discussion about Yomacon, which, for those of you who don't know, it's a yeah. anime and video game convention that is held around Halloween time in Dearborn, Michigan. So, very, very close to uh, where we live. So, we went there. We. Uh, experienced one one hell of a convention that's for sure i'm not going to lie listeners i went to last year's con and this one was infinitely better by every stretch of the imagination so we'll definitely give you our uh, our feedback of you know guests that were there panels even the swag that we got it was it was definitely amazing and then um we're gonna bring back you know because we are now a video game podcast of sorts we're gonna bring back a a favorite segment from our brawl days called what are you playing and that basically, you know, we get to talk about one game that we've been playing for the past couple of weeks or so. Then, uh, you know, we're going to get into some news. We're going to talk about some Modern Warfare 2, some Modern Warfare Reflex, the DSILL, some Guitar Hero controversies, Legend of Zelda Spear Track, Super Street Fighter 4, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Smash Up, Tatsunoko vs. Capcom. Then we're going to finish up with some uh, YouTube video that we recommend for the week. It's going to be an interesting hour, hour and a half or so. We'll see... Uh, how we do, and uh, so let's first start talking about Yomacon uh, Cyberlink. You've you've gone to the event for a couple of years. You want to give a a backdrop of what it really is? Um, it's more or less the biggest anime convention in the Michigan uh, area, I guess, for Midwest, lack of a better word. And uh, uh, no. yeah, mid not really. A-Sen. I mean, Midwest, yeah, Asen, uh, Matsuri, Ohio. All those uh, things that it's pre- pretty much there's a big con every three months or so, either between Michigan or Ohio, so it works out well. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I went last year and I came back this year, and 
both years, it's a lot of fun. If you guys are ever in Michigan, you need to come to this convention because we had so much fun. We're already, me and a bunch of friends are already planning stuff for next year. We're thinking about doing a couple of panels, actually. Oh, nice. That'd be amazing. See, like, I think that was the thing that got me the most because, like, I saw the panels. It was my first convention. And I'm like, I would love to do a Show Me Your News panel. Like, probably no one would show up. And it probably, like, you know, wouldn't even get accepted. But, like, do yeah, so we need to get it approved first. I don't know. Because I looked, and somebody was doing a uh, Final Fantasy XI panel there, so it's not like there's no precedent for it. That's mm. true. They were doing a podcast panel. To do a, to do a Q&A and something like that, that'd, that'd be really cool. I'd, I'd, I'd like that a lot. Um, well, that, that would be interesting, yeah, um, if we do just an overall podcast panel, and we get Kyle Bear to uh, come and talk about Big Ball Broadcast. Is, Ooh, that is a that would be fantastic. Because we did. I'll know I've hit time when they invite me to a con to talk about Sonic F. That would be <laughs> like the dream come true for me. That's when you know you've made but, it. Exactly. When somebody else asks you to come to them to basically BS for an hour about everything and nothing in particular. Pretty much. Well, yeah, I mean, was, you know, utterly shocked about the, uh, the turnout and you know, how many people came to see him. So. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the overall turnout like around fifty to sixty thousand people? I don't know about that much. I thought they were something like that. I mean, they yeah, they usually increase by maybe another thousand attendees every year. So like last year was four thousand something. The previous year was three thousand something. Oh, yes, yeah, and right. they're yeah. actually they're actually moving to the uh, Rensen next year to uh, accommodate more people. Right. right. So yeah, said, that I should said, be. Just, I said fifty to sixty. Whoops. Not. Yeah, five to six. Yeah, not quite fifty to sixty. This is not uh, That's true, but it was a lot of people for that. You know, the the Hyatt Regency. Um, oh man, the lines. And yeah, the stuff in the lines. Again, um, it is not a. The lines there are frightening. You mean you need to like bring a copy of War and Peace? You can finish it and still not be <laughs> through it by the time you get to the end of the line. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's talk about the guests that were there. I mean, obviously, like, the biggest draw was a last-minute edition of Little Karibo from Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Series. And, um, he also had Team Four Star there from Dragon Ball Z Abridged, two groups that are actually now have kind of merged. Uh, Little Karibo is officially yeah. part of Team Four Star. They're moving up, moving their way up in the, uh, the voice acting world. Um, you also have established voice actors like Laura Bailey, Kate and Glass, Wayne Grayson, Kyle Bear, Michael Sinterniklis, Brad Swale, Travis Willingham. I mean, these guys have done some pretty great roles. Like, you know, a lot of them were in the uh, Full Metal Alchemist dub. Uh, if you go to yomacon.com/guests, you can you know check out their work and you know what else they did. It's it was pretty incredible. And then you have things like, you know, Lemon Demon, who is, you know, also have, you know, members of the Potter Puppet Pals and My Dear Disco, which is a pretty good local band. It was it was a party, to say the least. Looney Bards are amazing as usual. Mm-hmm. They do really good work. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh... And they covered forgot about uh, Nostalgia Critic. Oh, oh that's true. Yeah. That guy with the glasses was another big draw. You know, we got him, Doug Walker, and uh, his other acquaintances, Linkara and Angry Joe. Um, that Yeah, that was another big drive. I don't know how I skipped that one going down the list. But, um, so, let's see. 
I think I'm going to start off with what was your favorite panel of the uh, the event, and try to explain to you know for those who weren't there. Um, Sword Hunter, go. Well, the the general interview panels with um with the guests were you know interesting in their own right, but you know generally they're the same kind of things over and over. They're Q and A panels, so like if you've if you've seen a couple on YouTube, like especially Travis Willingham's panel, basically it has the same stories over and over. I mean, it's nice to see in person, but normally it's not anything new. Um, at Laura Bailey's panel, though, um, she had a couple episodes of the new Soul Eater dub uh, to show that only we were like the third set of people yeah, to ever see. The first one was uh, New York Anime Fest, and the second one was some Australian con that I forget the name of. Yeah, so I mean, we had a you know a really new screening of that, so I mean that's a perk. But I mean, otherwise there were some good panels around. Uh, there was a there was a quiz panel where basically there was a lot of good prizes that these people had uh, put together. Um, PowerPoint presentations with slideshows and uh, invite people uh, um, up, ask them a bunch of questions, and if you do well enough, you get a prize. Um, and if you do so well enough, you're still get a prize anyway. They had so yeah. many different things there. That was amazing. There was uh, an anime name that tune, where basically there was, um, I guess, kind of like a quiz show, but um, we got people who guessed one right to come up to the front and basically go a best out of ten to uh, basically name whatever tune um, that they played. Uh, it wasn't necessarily from anime, as you, Yoko, um, guessed uh, Princess Agatha's theme from Twilight Princess. Yeah, the... uh, That was very obscure uh, rel- I mean, comparatively. But See, if, 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 it, if it was a video game music thing, I would have you know taken that to town, but you know, there were there's just some bizarre obscure anime. Like we had, you know, two elder, you know, larger ladies in front of us and like they were, you know, naming stuff that was like 20 years old and it's like, of course you were alive then. <laughs> but yeah. uh no, it was, it was yeah, being alive has its advantages. At times, at times. Um, but yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. Um, Cyblink, what was your favorite panel? Um, let's see. I'm looking through the schedule right now, looking through all the ones that I went to, sort of trying to refresh myself. Um, and there was also like the dealer see. room, where I mean, well, yeah, it was, that was very crowded. It wasn't a panel, but I mean. Uh, just outside well, of maybe crowded for you. Platinum pass, baby. <sighs> Platinum pass. And you pay extra money to go in the fronts of lines, basically. Yeah, dude, you get it. Actually, it's not just the fronts of lines. You get front of line. You get early access to dealer's room every day. You get one free pass into a video game tournament. You get a free T-shirt. You get a free little man bag. You get early access to the maid cafe. Basically, if you like cutting in front of people, and I'm sure a lot of you do you should invest in the Platinum Pass because if you're going to do a lot of panels, it is well worth the investment. It was an extra $60, though, so it's uh, something to think yeah. about for next time, but, you know. Yeah, I had already sort of set aside a Platinum Fund, as it were, <laughs> a while ago since I knew I was going to be doing a lot of panels. So, But yeah, as for uh, stuff I liked, um, I liked the, the uh, Shinji Ikari Total Badass panel. A couple good friends of mine were doing that one where they basically try to explain uh, the plot of Evangelion to the best of their ability, answer people's questions, because there are a lot of confusing things in that show, and you desperately need to figure out what the hell is going on. But uh, 
Yeah, I like that. Um, I like the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! panel, which was basically Wayne Grace and Little Karibo talking about the series, although it did get kind of Yu-Gi-Oh! bridged oriented by the end. And Oh, yeah. I loved the Yu-Gi-Oh! bridge panel. That was a lot of fun. Very crowded, but very awesome. Oh, yes. Without question. Mm, I, I would definitely say that and the then, Yu-Gi-Oh! bridge panel is definitely up yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely up there. And of course, Otaku Pop Quiz is always a good time. I went there last year, and I'm still disappointed because both years I missed out on the Nintendo questions, which I would have gotten all right. I know. So I am disappointed. I showed up late for, you know, I missed, you know, just at the end of part one, and they had a Pokemon yeah, so section. And, like, I would have taken everyone to town on Pokemon. Like, there was a, a Pokemon panel that was, like, the first thing of, uh, you know, the first day, pretty much, and, you know, we went there, and they had Pokemon trivia, and, like, I knew, like, almost all of them, they did Pokerap, and, like, Very it was... A stealthy pair of Team Rocket Pop players. Oh, that was, they were great. That was amazing. They were, like, crawling out with bushes and everything. The cosplayers were definitely very impressive overall. You got, like, yeah. a pink Domo-kun, and... Uh, Half-Life 2 group. Yeah. They were pretty amazing. I saw a lot of uh, Team Fortress 2 characters, a lot of scouts, a lot of heavies. A few. I actually, uh, a friend of mine got like 200-something pictures, so if you want, I can send them out to you. Oh, good. Well, I mean, I've checked out a few galleries that you know people have posted on their respective like photo buckets and such. Yeah. So they're out there. But, I mean, a yeah. lot of impressive stuff. So Yeah, I was actually part of a uh, group cosplay. I was cosplaying uh, Inspector Zenigata from Lupin the Third. I had a couple of friends going as Lupin, Jigen. We were supposed to have a going on, but he chickened out, wimp. And then, uh, but, uh yeah. I was went as uh, Udahara Kisuke from Bleach, and then the last two days, Homestar Runner. That was an obscure one, and I was pretty impressed with how many people like wrecked. They seriously, like, they recognized it and, you know, wanted pictures, and I even had, like, one girl, you know, didn't really have a camera, but she had, like, a video sort of thing, so I do, I'm the Homestyle 1 folks, yeah, I'm a terrific athlete. Hey, yeah, Yoko, awesome. I really like your Homestyle costume. <laughs> hey, I'm straight. Jake's picking a screw. I'm the cheat. <laughs> 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 Um, Sword Hunter, you went as Hay? I went from, as uh, Hay from Darker Than Black. Uh, I had the, the mask and the knife and everything. It was pretty sweet. I ended up getting the mask signed by uh, the respective professional voice actors, so that's going on my wall somehow. And uh, second day, I went from Ich as uh, Ichimaru Gin from, uh, from Bleach, third captain. Um, you didn't, didn't really have dress a up for the smile. Yeah, but I didn't feel like being a creeper or a uh, yeah. Closing my eyes looked really so weird. So Although you had one girl that had a crush on you. I did, I did. Uh third day, yeah, I was uh talking in line with this one girl and uh And her friend. And and her friend and uh heard about it later on uh on the forums. It's uh, kinda interesting. But <laughs> maybe I'll send that to you sometime. Just if you say if you may want to look into a restraining order. Not saying anything's gonna happen, no, but you really. never know. She said she wanted to ask me for my Facebook, but was uh, too shy, so does not have that. She said we were cute. I don't know how that happened. I don't know. I wasn't even in cosplay, so that was Sunday. 
in line for the what was it, Team Four Star and uh, guy with yeah. the glasses autograph session. Yeah. So the autograph yeah, sessions you had to ba- for the autograph sessions, guys. You basically had if you wanted to, you know, get a good spot and like move on with your day. You had to be there like an hour in, adva- in advance for each autograph session. Yeah. If you yeah. if you didn't if you didn't pay for platinum, but uh, yeah, because the lines were just exceedingly long. But you know, getting those autographs, it was worth it. I know one of my favorite things, and I prize myself in it that I I brought back was I got my uh, Street Fighter Four box signed by Kylie Bear, Laura Bailey, Caitlin Glass, and Travis Willingham, uh, voices of. Ryu, Chun-Li, Kami, and Guile, respectively. So, And they had like little messages like, Hadouken, you know, Spinning Bird Kick, uh, Cannon Spike. So, I mean, I'm I'm happy with that. I also got some other interesting... It's funny, uh, because the special here. message that Laura Bailey wrote on my uh, Gurren Lagann box set was, Holy crap, I was in the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. I didn't hear about that. Let's but see, yeah. Trying to get yeah, because when I brought it up... She had forgotten that she was in that show, and she's like, oh, wait a second, holy crap, I am in this! Yeah, she's done a lot of stuff, so it's not surprising. Yeah, I was saying, if you're working enough that you forget you're in stuff, then you're probably pretty well off. Yeah, chances are. I got uh, I got Brad Swale to sign my hey mask, even though he didn't work on Darker Than Black, but I didn't care, it's still sweet. So. Uh, tell him about the, uh, in terms of like swag, the, uh, the Death Note. Oh yeah, um, I got Brad Swale to sign my uh, Volume One of the Death Note manga. Um, he was actually one that uh, pointed out that on the cover um, that there is like you know, a little lamination on the Death Note title um, where the letters should be. But actually, on mine, it's skewed a fair bit. It's not actually covering the text. It's like slanted and slightly off of it. He was the first one to notice that. So he was like, "This could be worth a lot of money." I don't want to sign it, but like, no, sign it anyway because you know that's it's awesome. Because awesome. you're, you're the voice of light. Yeah, so kind of important. I got to uh, sign my volume three uh, DVD right after I gave him potato chips <laughs> because yeah. when you meet Brad for the con, it is more or less tradition now that you have to give him potato chips. Mm-hmm. To yeah. which he promptly responds, "What the hell do I do with these?" Yeah. And they're like, yeah. "You know, <laughs> say it, say it." There's a, a swag. I got a little Raichu keychain that is right now on my keys. So I always carry Raichu with me. Mm-hmm. And I got a Slow King stuffed animal. As I got a, I got a seal one. And, and a Sack Boy sack. It's got a little big planet and like a zipper. And it's like a. I don't know. You can't really ask me how big it is, but it's you know fair size. And. Pokemon Pokemon episodes 1 through 3 on VHS it does not get more retro-rific also a couple shirts I got a Duke Devlin shirt and uh, probably can't say it on the air but a blank be trippin' balls shirt (laughs) from Professor Oak yes Um, and I got a shirt um, from Portal Uh, it's a dark gray shirt on the one side near the bottom has a stack, a large stack of uh, companion cubes. Surrounding that uh, has the text, you know, the cake is a lie, the cake is a lie, the cake is a lie, etc. Um, except for the last little bit, but it says, but our, uh, it's like, but our love is real, or something like that. But, uh, it's an interesting shirt, so could be wearing that a fair bit. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that was about it. We didn't actually spend 
a lot of money, which was surprising because there was a lot of good artwork there and all. Yeah, um, I'm just good posters. Like, uh, I kind of wish I'd spent more time in the artist alley. Most of the stuff I walked home with was stuff I got for free or won or whatever. Like, yeah. I got the free Yomakon t-shirt you get for Platinum. I got a PSP clock, weirdly enough. Oh, I yeah. also got a little Pokemon keychain like uh, Yoko. It's a little squirtle. It's hanging from my keys. I call him Jason because I feel inclined to give him a name for some reason. Squirtle squirt! Squirtle! Ah, 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 I need to cut down on the smokes. <coughs> Put on the glasses. Yeah! <laughs> if I could give him, like, little communa glasses, that would basically make my day. Yeah. Well, that's the Squirtle Squad glasses, basically. Same thing. They're More dark. or less. Well, they're orange for communa, but yeah, yeah, it's basically the same glasses. But I think someone needs to uh, make that video um, of Squirtle putting on the glasses a la uh, David Caruso. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. It's gotta be done. Squirtle, 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 squirtle. Yeah! <laughs> exactly. Do you get any other uh, cool swag things? I didn't really. But uh, what about you, Cyberlink? Um, aside from getting a bunch of random stuff autographed, nothing really cool that I haven't already mentioned. Um, oh, yeah, we got our... Well, I mean, aside from all those shout-outs, I'd say that was a pretty good... Uh, I was going to say video, we, video, video. Yeah. Thank you so much oh, for doing that again. That was... If you guys haven't seen, up on our YouTube site, youtube.com slash showmeyournews, uh, I've got a, a shout-outs video of all the work that uh, Cyberlink420 did with his platinum status going around asking for random shout outs and plugs and we had pretty much all the guests you know except for travis which is really a shame but oh well it's still good can't help it i was almost going to and unfortunately he ended up leaving the uh so i get paid to say this panel early so i missed my chance damn oh well overall very good time cannot wait for next year it's going to be at the rensen indeed so i mean better uh, I mean, wider hotel accommodations, uh, restaurant and other food um, places are actually in the building. Um, I mean, overall, in more space, it's going to be infinitely better location-wise, but hopefully they can pull okay. as many guests and, uh, you know, if not, better. Doing a podcast panel would be fantastic. That'd be like That's a dream come I true. Will, I will say that me and some friends of mine are working on plans to do three different panels at Yomakon next year. First, we're doing uh, Shinji Akari Total Badass again. Or, probably. Uh, we're doing a panel on horrible video games, so like, Ice Hockey for NES, DreamX TV for GameCube, stuff like that. That'd be good. And uh, the third, and the one we're looking forward to the most, we're planning on doing a full-on Phoenix Wright courtroom case. That'd be awesome. So, I'm going to be playing Guns... I'm going to be playing Gumshoe. I've got friends lined up to do Phoenix, Edgeworth, Goto. We're just trying to work out a story now. The trick is working backwards because you got to figure out first what's the crime, who's the victim, who's the uh, killer. Then you got to work backwards from there, create evidence. So it's going to be tricky, but I think we can pull it off. We have a whole year. <laughs> exactly. Figure it out. So show me your news fans. Set some time aside during Halloween to come out to Detroit. 
and uh, try to convince your parents to vacation near Detroit conveniently <laughs> so you can... It's not that scary, we promise. It's not. You see about the economy. Do something good for a change. Oh, yeah, we had um, apparently one fan uh, who was in a registration line that really wanted to say hi, but couldn't because that registration line was freakishly long. So almost had a fan interaction and introduction, but alas, no. Would have been cool. Still... Yeah, the registration line was a lot worse than it was last year. Last year, yeah. we more or less sort of walked up and got it, but today it was just looped all the way around. Well, that's, I mean, regular registration. Kind of Pre-registration, we did just that. We walked up and got ours. We, we had to wait for, yeah. like, two people. That's it. Funny, because I was there the very first night picking up my pre-reg stuff, and it was looped all the way around, just like the normal reg line was the next day. Hmm. Well, that's because I was on Thursday. So people who actually like, know what they're talking about and, you know, who did stuff are going to go on Thursday because they had pre Something like that. So it makes sense, I guess. But yeah, I still haven't had that whole, like, random fan comes up to you and says hi. Like, it's... oh my god, it's you? Yeah. Well, nobody knows who to look for. I even I even had Master WGS who does Pokemon Abridged, and he's also a fan of the show. I had him sit next to me, and he had no idea. He was like, ah, stabbed to the heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was at the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged panel, right? Right. Yeah, it was. Second half of it. Yeah. Ah, oh. uh, that was tough. That was tough. I gotta say. So if you're listening, if you're listening, w- WGS, if you're listening, I was Homestar Runner, and you missed out, man. You missed out. Yeah, it might have been a little creepy to just shame of yourself. Repent. I was almost thinking of like nudging him and just like showing him my badge. Yeah. Whoops! I dropped the badge. Can you pick that up? Anyway, we're uh, we're getting a little too sidetracked. We got to move on to what are you playing, which is coming back strong. So, uh, Cyberlink, what have you been playing? If you got one game to talk about, what have you been playing this past couple weeks? Let's see, one of those games we're already going to be talking about later in the show, so uh, other than that one, which we'll sort of cover later, I'm playing two other games. I'm playing Doc Lewis's Punch-Out, which I just oh, got yeah. from Nintendo, and I'm playing uh, Kingdom Hearts 358 Days Over 2. The stupidest name ever, might I add. Stupid, yes, but it does make sense in the context of the story. Better. It it just doesn't read right. Like it should be like three fifty eight over two days, and then it's like, nope, days over two. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so it's a little weird, but it's actually a lot of fun. It's very much like the uh, Kingdom Hearts PS two games, but the difference is it's not exactly the same in terms of like how you increase your stats level up. Instead of just like building experience and whatnot. It's more of a mission-based game where the organization gives Roxas missions and he has to carry them out. And each time you beat a mission, you get a uh, new sort of space in this grid of tiles where you can uh, add in stuff like items, skills, that kind of thing. So that's kind of interesting. It's, yeah, it takes a little while to get used to, and sometimes you feel really restricted because you're too busy like, filling up all your panels with abilities. You don't have any room left for, like, healing items and stuff. But it's actually a lot of fun. I haven't gotten very far, but I'm enjoying what I have. 
And then, uh, like I said, the other one I'm playing is uh, Doc Lewis, which is basically just like a demo version of the Punch-Out! Wii game with the addition of Doc in a leopard print jacket, which frightens me. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, I mean, if most people got platinum, I think most of them picked the hat. So why did you pick the uh, the Punch-Out! game? Uh, because I technically already had a Mario hat that I made myself, so I really didn't have a need for it. But also because I just like the idea of like having this exclusive WiiWare game that nobody else has access to. And, uh, you know, for it's fun is like a little 10-minute distraction. It's, not, it's nothing substantial, but it is sort of a fun little thing you can do every once in a while. Yeah. So, if... Plus, I think this is probably the only time I'm going to get platinum because I was registering my last five years of games. Wow. So... That's that's incredible. I'm yeah. <laughs> say I got I got my calendar in the mail, so <laughs> Yes, I don't expect I'm going to get that same number this time around unless I start stealing uh the little registration codes from my friends, but uh maybe some other time. Yeah, um Sword Hunter, what are you playing? All right, well, uh, courtesy of Yoko, I have been playing nonstop NHL 09. Not NHL 10, but used NHL 09. Um, reason being, well, is because you already have that one, so I can play I against do. you and all. Uh, it's a great game, uh, great gameplay, good graphics. Um, there's a really neat mode called Be a Pro, so it's not just like you know the regular single-player campaign, if you will. Right, so you go around as, you know you play as a character. But what I found really interesting on the first day is that you are not on the ice the entire time, that you actually are on the bench at times, looking from the bench in third person. So you're not constantly in control of the game. You have to really appreciate the time that you have on the ice in play and take advantage of the opportunities to, I mean, raise your stats and you know move up as a professional. Um, actually, you know, move from the minors to the pros and all. So they do that really well, and uh, especially when you set the you know like periods to five minutes each and all, it really flies by. You can just go game after game after game and really I mean, have time fly by. And it's really got me hooked. Um, before that, I was playing you know, Halo Three ODST, um, which I'll actually probably still be playing later tonight. But definitely got to say NHL '09 for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually did play ten yesterday. I was at a, a friend's house, and ten is pretty much the same as opposed to nine, but like it's really picky on the passing. Like it doesn't like automatically like lock on to you know someone to pass. Who's like whatever direction you're put you're you're pressing, that's where you're gonna pass, even if a person's there or not. You do have yeah, the board play, uh, you know, pressing up against the boards and all that. You do have first person fights. And, you know, a lot of things, you know, just tweaked and fixed. Like, that freezing thing. Oh, my God, it's oh. just gone. And, like, it's, that was the worst thing. When you do, like, for those who don't know, in NHL 09, you have to, like, you know, time your one-timers, like, you know, really accurately. And as opposed to, like, you know, those old Genesis hockey games. Like, you could, you could uh, you know, buffer in a one-timer, and it'd go off without a hitch. But, you know, it's either if, like, you're early or late on a one-timer, your player will freeze, 
just inexplicably Sometimes. lock up and like you know the past goes by you it's easy for someone to get a breakaway as a result and like you seriously lock up for like five seconds and it's it was just I think it's just a glitch that like I don't know how they could have missed because it's just I think it's, it's mostly in you know a multiplayer playing against someone because I haven't come across that too much in single player it's just something that is not natural in hockey at all it's so it, it was very bizarre but I uh, know yeah. it's it just wasn't like the biggest difference between nine and ten. But I did it so three. not warranted the extra you know forty dollars it would be right. for new versus used. So I did play on a PS3, and then the left analog stick on the controller that I was playing with, like the top right. of it was spinny, like it was loose. So right. like moving the analog stick around while the top part of it spins around, very weird. I think it's really hard to describe in words, but, like, when you feel it and it's really wonky, it's just like, what is this thing? Um, anyway, what I've been playing, um, if you haven't seen on our YouTube channel, I've been going through a little bit of, uh, Pokemon Soul Silver. Yes, you know, it's, it's an English ROM. It's an English ROM, but I'm definitely going to be buying the game when it comes out, and I've kind of stopped at the point, you know, before the Elite Four, um, because, you know, I don't want to spoil the entire thing, but, like, I think just like, you know, a few months, you know, four months from now it is for the uh, the American release. It's just almost too long to wait, and it's it's fantastic. The soundtrack is amazing. They've done great remixes. The, the Even the graphical over you know lift from, even from Diamond and Pearl, is just very impressive. And, you know, it's it's the greatest generation of Pokemon brought to, you know, to modern day, and... It's going to be a must-buy, even if you only played the first couple Pokemon games. It's it's going to be amazing. Um, aside from that, I've just been on a Pokemon hook lately. I've got you know a couple games sitting around. I've got like uh, TMNT Smash Up. I've got Muramasa sitting around, and I'm just like to kill time. I can play Pokemon in my sleep, so I even just fired up like a, a Sapphire run today, and. Uh, even in, in Granite Cave, I caught a Sableye at level 10. So I have a Sableye before the second gym. At level 10, it knows Leer, Foresight, Scratch, and Nightshade. And it's Dark and Ghost, so, you know, it won't be effective against Brawly's fighting moves. Well, it's going to be pretty, it's, it's pretty fun. Like, Pokemon's one of those games that, like, it just doesn't get old if you en- really enjoy it, and you can play it in your sleep. Cause like it's easy to you know to train and raise and battle and all that stuff, and it's just a, a good time killer. Um, aside from that, though, yeah, I did a Sonic Adventure Two battle run. I haven't been playing just a lot of a lot of new games. It's been like you know throwback because school kind of sucks right now. But that's what the whole hiatus is for. Um, um, that's the same. I've actually been playing more old games than new ones. It's actually helpful because I'm a member of my uh, school's video game club, and we're sort of taking in editions of old uh, video game consoles and stuff. We have a Dreamcast. We are awesome. Nice. Are you playing some uh, Marvel vs. Best- Capcom 2 on there? Oh, heck yes. The best part taking, about the Dreamcast is that it's so easy to uh, burn games for that thing. Even if we can't find anybody selling them anywhere, that's okay. We can basically take a stack of CDs, which you can get for like a hundred for two bucks at any Best Buy or something, and just burn Dreamcast games. 
And we're just revisiting all the classics, both Sonic Adventures, Marvel vs. Capcom, Choo Choo Rocket, even a little Shenmue in there every once in a while. Soul Calibur! <laughs> you gotta do Soul Calibur, too. Soul Calibur. Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty sweet. Um, so, the news. Let's see. Um, we got Modern Warfare 2 coming up. You know, midnight release Monday night into Tuesday morning. Yeah. Analysts are expecting it to be one of the biggest selling, you know, single game releases in the past decade. If by analysts you mean GameStop or GameStop, excuse me. Yeah. But I mean, even like you know, analysts like I think Michael Pactor's even like you know thinking that this will happen. But um, of course you can't you know take games like Wii Sports into account when they come packaged in with consoles. But like. It's really hitting the mainstream. MPD does, it's apparently the best-selling game of all time, mm-hmm. which is kind of saddening, really. Yeah. yeah, I suppose. But like this, this game is hitting the mainstream hard. Whether it's you know been the commercials during NBA events, and they were even saying that uh, Twitter, you know the the big onset of Twitter, you know the past year or so, has been huge mm-hmm. for the game and its hype. So it's I guess it's just like a new age of, you know, spreading information about the game. It's is it a little disconcerting that it's another first person shooter and a mature game and it's got really controversial issues like, you know, an attack and a siege on Washington and things like, you know, you can have the choice to, you know, shoot people in the face while they're down. Like, yes, it is a little disconcerting because, you know, younger people will just be getting the game and being, you know, having these bad influences or whatever, but like this is gaming, and uh, if you want a game to, you know, make a statement and, you know, be more than, you know, just an entertainment thing and have it push the bounds of an art form, you got to have games like these sometimes. Dude. Yeah, I mean, I suppose um, it definitely has been, you know, the genre that has been leading the, uh, leading video games as a whole lately um, with this recent generation of games, uh, consoles. But it's, you know, a phase we're definitely going through with increased graphics um, capabilities that it's just what is popular right now and is advancing even more um, and still going off of a popular franchise. It's going to do very well um, as far as uh, the M rating and uh, having young people getting their hands on it. That's a classic debate whether, you know, parents should be doing more to restrict that and they can't you know have it all be focused on um on pure sales because video games do a very good job in uh specifically saying an m rating they check id and all of this stuff so um it is an argument that comes up often but it's not my favorite argument in the world but overall modern warfare 2 is going to be an amazing game um graphic wise off of the uh um, Call of Duty 4, which has already sold amazingly well, they're still expanding on that, um, even with the multiplayer that they're doing, um, added features to that still, that it's overall going to be very, very impressive. Any thoughts on it, Cyberlink? Um, I mean, I've never been a huge Call of Duty fan. Both of my brothers are, but uh, I mean, I can sort of appreciate the series for what it is. It's obviously very popular. It does multiplayer really well, which is really important nowadays in the days uh, in the age of online gaming. 
And, uh, I mean, in regard to the whole issue of mature content, this is an M-rated game. These kids shouldn't be playing it in the first place. So what is the point of sort of catering to that lowest common denominator when they're not even supposed to be a factor in the first place? I say a lot. You need there shouldn't be censorship by any means. If you're going to censor stuff, then it's just sort of a slippery slope before everything gets sort of sugared up. You need more adult, more mature-oriented games like this to sort of be willing to say, "Hey, we're willing to sort of tackle these uh, controversial issues." That's kind of the reason why I appreciate uh, the Grand Theft Auto series, even if I don't play, because they're willing to sort of go where nobody else in the industry can and they're willing to sort of tackle the stuff that nobody else would even consider at any sort of level. Yeah, so there are definitely I'm, games sorry, there are definitely games who have pushed the boundaries in terms of like gore and their M rating, you know, pushing on like adult only and stuff like that with all their violence. But I mean there are specific series who have done specifically well. You mentioned uh, the Grand Theft Auto series and Call of Duty is another um, major, major franchise that has, you know, pushed this boundary but, you know, held it within limits, still made it very acceptable, very popular. So it's not an extreme, but it is to a point that is, you know, acceptable. I mean, it's very well respected, and it do- they do very well for themselves. You also had the viral video that was really, you know, pushing a lot of people's, you know, comfort zones and boundaries when they had the... Uh... I don't know if you guys saw it, but it had a fight against grenade spam, and the way they aligned it, you know, people were quick to point out the uh, anagram which it caused, and, you know, I guess the people who were responsible, I don't know if it was Infinity Ward directly who produced it, but, uh, you know, they took it down after, and that even caused even more uproar from, you know, people. I think it just also goes, like, also some of the immaturity that, uh, you know, was is on the internet, and especially in that regard, like, we're going through a different time of civil rights, and, um, I think, if, you know, like, you know, a, a racial group was being, you know, attacked like that, it, would they have done the same kind of thing? Um, so it's definitely creating a lot of buzz right now, what, you know, what the game is doing, and plus you also have, um, what's the game, uh, Modern Warfare Reflex, which is the Wii port of Modern Warfare, uh, Call of Duty 4. And that's sigh, <laughs> sigh indeed. Uh, but there are definitely there are definitely people who are looking forward to it. Uh, World at War, Call of Duty Five, even though they don't like Basically. to call it that, uh, sold the most on the Wii, uh, you know, compared to the other consoles. So it's you know going to be Ooh, very. Sucks. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, I let's see. There's been like a big controversy with that game in particular. Uh, it's definitely not getting the press that Modern Warfare 2 is. They're almost worried that it'll steal sales from Modern Warfare 2. Um, I even went with my friend who's a big Call of Duty Wii player. And, you know, I, I was, you know, pre-ordered my copy of Modern Warfare 2. And he was like, yeah, do you have a Modern Warfare Reflex? And the guy working the counter had, like, had never heard of the game. And, you know, he had to call, you know, the store owner who wasn't there. And, say, and he's like, yeah, I think we're getting a few copies in. So, like, he ended up, you know, pre-ordering it. But... You know, there had been no official final build screenshots or videos, and only, you know, the game got leaked in terms of piracy today, so, like, today was the first day that they actually got, you know, any footage of that nature, but it's all because of, like, a, you know, a a tiff, I guess you can say, between Infinity Ward, who does not, you know, work on the Wii games, like, they, they hate the Wii, so... 
Treyarch. Yeah, isn't it uh, Treyarch? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Treyarch is the one who's developing this Modern Warfare port. It was supposed to be originally, you know, a straight-up port and, like, nothing added. But, you know, they added a couple other things. And it's just this this battle between these two, which is, how, you know, been why the media's been hush-hush about it. It's... <laughs> we're going to have to wait and see how that turns out because, you know, we they don't really know any impressions about this game, so... That, I guess for those who are... Thing, uh, what does it cost? What's the MSRP? Uh, that I do not know. It's probably going to be, you know, 50 bucks. Straight up a normal... Then, then it is a rip-off because you can get... You can already get the original Modern Warfare for like 20, 30 bucks on 360 or PS3 or what have you. And let's face it, anybody who is waiting for the, anybody who is already pre-ordering like Modern Warfare 2 has no use for Modern Warfare 1 because they probably have the game already. It's a huge seller. It's hard to believe that anybody who would really, really care about the Call of Duty franchise wouldn't have that game already on 360 or PS3 unless they were like a Wii-only owner. In which, case, I, in which case, I say, why not just port Modern Warfare 2? Why go back to this, like, two years later? Either way, it does still poorly show the division in you know, the graphical capabilities between the two consoles. I think if you did try to do a port of Modern Warfare 2, that would look bad, but it does also look bad that you're trying to reach back like that. You're taking the hardcore gamer you know, standpoint, which is definitely very valid. I mean, if you, ha- if you, if you haven't played Modern Warfare yet, and you have like a next gen console, like that's a shame. But it's all about that other market that Nintendo is trying to get at. And it, you think like if it's you know the younger kind of audience, and even I guess you, it's probably even like parents as well. You know, you have like you know the older generation who isn't as you know hip and to the beat on these games. So hip and to the beat. What are you from the seventies? Eighties. Oh, he's done that before. Um. But no, like I think you'd be surprised. Like if if this game, like you know, starts to actually get maybe some media buzz as opposed to none, this game will still sell. You know, a lot of units. That's well, it's going to sell a billion units just because of the Call of Duty name. But still, that doesn't make it any more sort of tolerable. Right. It may not be tolerable, but those who are looking for a Call of Duty game on the Wii, one way or another, they're going to find it and they're going to buy it. So whether it's, it's getting. Uh, hype or not, it's still Call of Duty. It's still going to be for the Wii. Despite uh, the majority's feelings about it, it'll probably still sell decently well. And you know, I'm Treyarch and Yonkin knows what they're doing, so I'm sure it'll be a solid game. You know, have you have the controls to work with? But you know, I think we've kind of dissected that rather well. Let's talk about the DSILL. Uh, you know, about a week or so ago, is it made official that? It'd be a larger DS that's, you know, going to get a test run first in Japan because it's, you know, catering more to an older audience that is not at that comfortable with, you know, the smaller touchscreens and all that. And apparently it's going to be eventually coming to America as the DSi XL, which that's more of, you know, a rational, reasonable, reasonable uh, name change. But do you guys, are you guys okay with, you know, just after, like, the DSi, you know, comes out, you know, earlier this year with another DS on the way? I am actually okay with it, uh, relatively speaking, because I guess I wasn't a fan of the DSi in the first place, even though I didn't really uh, pay too much attention to it. But they're going, I guess, back to more the the regular DS format instead of advancing on like new features and stuff that might not have worked so well. They're just making the DS Lite better. 
Uh, the screen is 93% larger. Um, there is a price increase. Um, right now, it's going to be like $220 or so. But it's gearing up for those uh, like Nintendo handheld fans who are going to want internet on their DS and uh, use it as a music player. Um, the font's going to be bigger overall. So instead of... Oh, there are also going to be two touch pens, uh, a shorter one and a longer one, if that's going to um, help that things out a little a bit. Difference. I don't think so. But overall, I guess they're just reworking the original <laughs> DS design instead of you know going to two cameras and changing stuff that way. I don't know if this is a response to how the DSi might have done originally, but they know the DS format and the formula works well. So they're just putting another one out there. It's a little higher price, but we'll see how it does. Indeed. Um, I, well, I don't own a DSi, so I can't really comment on whether that sort of screen increase is necessary or not. I mean, I've heard a lot of people suggest that it'd be good for, like, if you've got multiple people and they're, like, all looking over your shoulder, it's easier to see that way. But uh, I just really don't see the use for it. I mean, the DS, the DSi was only just sort of announced around this time last year, and it only just came out in, like, I want to say March of this year. Yeah. So I think I kind of think it's too soon. I mean, there was a two-year gap between the original DS and the DS Lite. So I think that Nintendo's sort of jumping the gun with this one. I would say that if this was like another year for another year from now, maybe two, it'd be like fine, whatever, you know, just sort of building on that formula. But as it is, the DSI is already such a sort of incremental jump from the original DS. It's not gonna be it's not like sort of a Game Boy Color to Game Boy Advance thing. It's more just like a Game Boy to uh, Game Boy Pocket thing with a few extra iPhone features. Mm-hmm. So I just don't really see, especially if you already own a DS, I, DSi, I just don't see the need for the investment. That's the question. Kind of that's the question for you, Yoko, then. Um, if you do not already have a DSi um, or maybe even a DS in the first place, is this going to make you buy a DSi XL or LL? It's it is definitely an interesting question. Um, I'm pretty pretty happy right now with my DS Lite, considering it's signed by Team Four Star. It's signed by Little Karibo and Crows and Doug Walker and all that. And but Crows, <laughs> but all that aside, um, it it would be an interesting purchase. But at the same time, Nintendo's at a very they're at a crossroads right now. They have to start thinking about what they're going to do for the next generation of games. And, you know, they're already talking about it. Like, Reggie came out on Game Trailers TV and said that there are no plans for a Wii HD, but yet you hear rumblings of, you know, Nintendo higher-ups saying that, yeah, it's the next logical step in the process. And that's the same, like, with the DS. Like, how long do you think this, you know, this handheld run is going to be? You can't keep making these incremental changes... Because people are going to be, you know, smart after a while and say that, well, no, you just keep making these upgrades that, you know, I'm not going to keep giving you all my money. But then again, a lot of America is stupid and just wants to hand over their money. Uh, it's it's just a matter of being an intelligent gamer, which a lot of us who listen to the show are. And uh, it's if you don't own a DS, you know, what's you know, why not? So yeah, if 
sure, wait for the LL or the XL. If, if you know, to get that actually brings up a good point. I'm actually interested to see sort of where the next generation of consoles goes, because the PS2 is still selling. The Wii's been like a huge success, and both of those are like significantly underpowered compared to PS3 360. So, what's everybody going to do next generation? Are they going to try and up the power some more, or is like are like Sony and Microsoft going to sort of cut back on sort of the power upgrades to come up with something new, sort of like what they're doing with the wand and Natal and whatnot. And I figure Nintendo's probably going to sort of up their own stats so that they catch up with at least 360. They but have to. There. They have to upgrade the power because it's right now the running joke of the console wars. Even though they're printing mm-hmm. money and they do have the lowest price point for you know the, the value and all that, it's, it is the joke. Like there's no That's the thing, though. If they do, even if they do upgrade to 360 level, they'll still be able to sort of release the system at that lowest price point, which will convince even more people to pick up the next one. So it's sort of, I'm, I'm just really curious as to where things go from here. Mm-hmm, I agree, and like I'll, I'll give them that. You know, they are making nice looking games. They are making the most of what you know the system is capable of. They're kind of masking the fact that they're not like HD, you know, ready. Because there are some really nice-looking games out for the Wii right now, but when it when it comes down to it, the fact that you know you have to sell a separate cable for a component, and even that is faking it, like that, that really just doesn't cut it. So that's uh, the DSI LL. Now, Guitar Hero Activision's been uh, coming under some heat recently, to say the least, in terms of legal battles um, with uh, Guitar Hero Five. With uh, Kurt Cobain playable, same thing applies to Johnny Cash too. But you know, in uh, let's see, World Tour, I think they had Jimmy. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix was a uh, you know a character. But the thing is, he wasn't a playable character, so you couldn't be playing as Jimi Hendrix on other songs. Thing is, Kurt Cobain. Oh, no, you couldn't. You could. You could like you know, you know, play as him for the the songs in career, but you couldn't unlock him for quick play. And that, and that's because sure, I remember I have Target Hero three, and you can uh, play as uh, Slash and Tom Morello, and oh, there's yeah. a code so that you can have uh, Brett Michaels singing any song. Yeah, Normally, but, he only sings Talk Dirty. You can see, that. but that's the catch. That's uh, that's Guitar Hero three, and all those people are alive. The thing is with that's Guitar true. Hero four, Jimi Hendrix is of course deceased, and so. They didn't make him a playable character in Quick Play. Well, now you have Kurt Cobain, who has, you know, unfortunately deceased as well, but they've made him an unlockable character for you to play in Quick Play. So you can make him be singing whatever song you want to in that lineup. Same thing goes to Johnny Cash, but the thing is, you know, Activision's coming under some heat with Courtney Love, who has, you know, some of the rights to his stuff saying that like it's not fair and now you've got band hero releasing and no doubt is claiming the same thing the you know band led by Gwen Stefani you can you know play as them in you know more than just their their three songs that are in the game and that's that's a problem like it's you know a dispute as to what the contract actually says and that's that's really messy it's Although, definitely not the question is press. why do you really need the why do you really need these people in there. I mean, if you're playing on the higher difficulties, you're not going to be looking at 
who's singing or whatever. You're going to be concentrating on the notes in front of you because if you're playing something like Through the Fire and Flames on Expert, if you look away for even half a second, you're going to lose. Yeah. So I don't even see why they need that sort of uh, superficial element to it at all. But if you're going to be Save going a lot hardcore and um, going for all the complex songs, you're not exactly going to go for you know an E for Everyone band hero necessarily. Um, just stick to just like the regular guitar hero and actually what they've produced and not have to worry about the next topic of uh, censorship. Yeah, why don't you talk about that? Uh, it's a problem that uh, you hear of occasionally but has not really impacted um, guitar heroes so much. Um, taking songs and altering their lyrics slightly to make it more just more acceptable for I mean ESRB in general. Um, I think uh, Fall Out Boy, a couple of their songs were hit. Um, and uh, there are a couple of other ones that you mentioned earlier. But it's just not something that would normally, that should be done, especially now that there are actually lyrics um, and you know singable parts. It's not what everybody knows. And when you see it changed for the first time, just to make it more friendly, it's going to throw off people and just kind of ruins you know, the taste of you know, the product that they're putting together. When you have a lyric that says, you know, I'm, I'm watching you two from the closet, wishing to be the friction in your jeans, and they take out in your jeans, how can you be wishing to be the friction? This just yeah. does not make sense. And, you know, you got to think of a couple ways. <laughs> and uh, I'm just a notch. Not in your bedpost. Yeah. Nope. Just a notch. That's that's it. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of, you know, just iffy as well. Um, Nintendo also you made a, another announcement a couple days ago about their next Zelda game for the DS. Spirit Tracks. You remember? Link's on a train. Link's on a train. Everybody look at him because he's choo-chooing on a train. Um, but yeah, Cyberlink, why don't you talk about the... Uh, the first thing for this uh, this series, this legendary series. I would love to, but I have absolutely no idea about any of this. <laughs> I did not get a chance to read the uh, headline. Just something about uh, Zelda or something like that. Yeah, it, it is about Zelda, actually. I'm sorry I set you up so poorly for that. Um, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. See, for the first time, Princess Zelda will be accompanying you on your journey. What? Well, I mean, of course, you know, she she gets kidnapped, you know, what else is new? But, you know, something happens to her body, but her spirit, you know, is is separated, and, you know, she uh-huh. kind of becomes into so a... Oh, so that's f- where the yeah. title comes in. <laughs> you are so clever. She, Nintendo. you know, becomes a spirit, like a fairy, and, you know, she follows you around, and she helps you possess things, like the statue that you can move around. So, yeah, she, uh, Zelda's going to be... You know, accompanying you. Although it's more like Toon Zelda, one yeah. of the Forgotten Seven or Forbidden Shut Seven. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's one of the uh, the big announcements. It's not going to be like a make or break deal for me buying the game. It's 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 still like kind of like up in the air. I mean, Phantom Hourglass was a good game. It did good things for like the touch controls. Um, but you know, it's just one of those little interesting facts about. 
about you know, scorching. Phantom Hourglass was a good, good game until you, until you had to do the same dungeon, dungeon oh over oh and over. That was by the yeah. over. The Temple of the Ocean King was just a, it was abysmal. Like, why? Link is not Solid Snake. He should not do stealth. Timed stealth, more or less. Uh, I, I, I can deal with time stealth, just not the same time stealth over and over again. With some shortcuts here and there, yeah. I mean, the the dungeons were fun for that game, but yeah, the Temple of the Ocean King, spare me. Um, but yeah, we'll see how he handles himself on a train. And they also talked about uh, that you know the new Zelda Wii game will be um, including Motion Plus as well. It should. They really didn't disclose that much more about it, but uh, you know they're trying to figure out a way that they can properly uh, mix in Motion Plus for the swords, and they're going to do um, you know the same kind of targeting with the pointer, uh, but they're going to add some improvements to that as well. They really didn't say much more than that, but it's better to hear uh, <coughs> something on that game as opposed to nothing. Definitely. I mean, if it's enhancing on the general gameplay of Twilight Princess, then you know it's going to be good. Um, I'm really curious based on that. Uh, last line of how they're going to really change the the sword gameplay. I mean, because I don't know, to still have it be manageable and still useful I guess um, will be interesting to see. Of course they're going to have the targeting enhanced. That's a no-brainer, but the sword will be definitely one to keep your eye out for. I just really hope they sort of do something to sort of change up the formula because I kind of got burned out near the end of uh, Twilight Princess. It just wasn't hooking me in the same way like Ocarina or Wind Waker were. So I just really hope they do something to kind of shake things up, make it sort of more interesting, less formulaic. You're almost sounding like Panda. Oh, God, I am. Hurry, stab me before it gets too late. By the way, I should mention, I don't know why I did not at the beginning. Uh, Samurai Panda is, of course, at medical school. Uh, at, um, you know, I don't know if I should say, but, you know, a school in uh, southeastern Michigan. Very reputable. And um, he's just insanely busy. Like, you guys have no idea. Like, I, it's very difficult to come in contact with him. And it was almost a challenge to, you know, get him to do podcasts when we were uh, living in the same apartment together. So... You know, I'll probably have Panda on as a guest, you know, a couple times, but um, it's, it's unfortunately not one of these uh, recurring guests. It just he's just way too busy. He studies all the time. Don't believe him, listeners. I am actually Samurai Panda disguised. I am just using a different screen name. Oh, <laughs> the plot thickens. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Anyway. Um, Capcom, a couple weeks ago, announced Super Street Fighter 4. Yeah. So, eight extra characters. And, of course, like what Capcom does very well, they've been taking, uh, you know, um, suggestions from the community on how to improve the game. And so, you know, in about February or March, that's right, one year after Street Fighter 4, they're going to be uh, announcing, not announcing, releasing an updated version of the game. At a discount price, no less. This one's only going for I want to say thirty dollars. So I heard forty. I heard thirty. It could be something like that. But I would love thirty. If you already have, 
Yeah, if you already have Street Fighter 4, then it's not going to be a huge burden on your wallet. It's probably worth the investment. And if you don't, then, hey, you're getting an already awesome game with more content for a lower price. Mm. So you can't go wrong either way. Yeah. Hey, and if it's going to be $30, I don't have Street Fighter 4 right now. But uh, for $30, I just might pop for it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, um, even 40 that might be worth it as well. I mean, if they're going to I mean, just advance on you know, what is already there, uh, the solid gameplay, but just you know, adding characters, bring back some um, stages, if I recall. Um, but, um, yeah, some bonus stages. Yeah, so I think that might be worth it for those who don't already have Street Fighter 4. Mm-hmm. One of the characters they're bringing back is uh, T-Hawk from an earlier Street Fighter game that I can't remember offhand. Yeah, they're exactly. bringing back uh, they're bringing back both T Hawk and DJ, which means that now you can play as the uh, full cast of the original Super Street Fighter Two Turbo. Mm-hmm. And also, they're adding a and new character, adding- Jury. Oh ho ho! She's a, uh, a Taekwondo first- Korean, and yeah, so it'll it'll be interesting. That's for sure. I mean. Apparently, though, I heard that uh, Seth is going to be ramped up in difficulty. I don't know how that's Why? possible. Why? I don't know. Why? I, I do not know how that's possible. Because he was a little ridiculous. <laughs> a little? A little? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> but um, there's really not much to say about that. It'll be in uh, February or March, just so we hadn't touched it. Did you realize that like the last time we had a podcast was E3? And so since and then... That, there was a huge gap in March, I think. Yes, and since then, you know, swine flu happened. Oh, man. We don't need to talk about swine flu. No, we don't. No. No, no. Probably, yeah. We don't know. We don't need to talk about how my roommate actually had swine flu but didn't learn it until, you know, it, he got better and... We were living in the same place, and I was in the same bedroom as he was. So, yeah, I I guess was exposed to swine flu, and I'm okay with it. You survived. I did survive. Dodged the bullet. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, here's a couple games that uh, Cyberlink would love to talk about. Uh, a couple fighters, if you will. Indeed. Crazy. I'm going to start with the one that is less depressing, Tasunoko versus Capcom. Woo! And... I'm going. To, I'm going to say this on the record, listeners. This is my favorite Wii game, without question. Over Brawl, this is the one to own. Wow. I have been playing this game practically nonstop since I first got my hands on it back in January, and it is absolutely fantastic. I'm not usually good at traditional 2D fighters, but the fact that this one has a much easier, more manageable control scheme a more sort of diverse roster of characters. It's not just like Street Fighter Overload. It, it's absolutely fantastic, and it's strongly recommended by anybody who wants to play. But since the last time that a podcast was done here, it's been confirmed that we're getting multiple new uh, characters in the U.S. release of TVC, in addition to like new stages and stuff like that. And... Uh, Four characters have been revealed so far. We have evidence to believe that there's going to be one more. And uh, those four characters are, on the Tatsunoko side, Joe the Condor from Gachaman, and uh, Tekaman Blade from Tekaman Blade, which came over to U.S. as uh, Technoman. 
and I should probably clarify, Gatchman is Battle of the Planets G-Force, which some people might know. And uh, on the Capcom side, two characters I'm really looking forward to playing, Zero from Mega Man X, and Frank West from Dead Rising. That's so cool. Ooh. I know. I, I've watched the gameplay videos multiple times over just trying to figure out like potential combos, and every time I do, I get more hype for these characters. So, like, Frank West has probably the most ridiculous, one of the most ridiculous supers I've ever seen, where it's his level 3 super, he pulls a serve bot head out of nowhere, which you could find in Dead Rising, by the way. He'll snap it onto his opponent. He's like, ha ha, that's hilarious. That's great. And then he will shove them through a crowd of zombies, pick them up, and pile drive them into the ground multiple times over. He is that badass. <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. I love it so much. And I may actually end up maining Frank if he's any good. I might have to swap out Ryu, who's part of my usual team. But I will never swap out Beautiful Joe. Because, listeners, the more people play as Joe, the more Capcom will get it through that we want another sequel. Please. 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 Um, have, have they confirmed Wi-Fi for Tatsunoko versus Capcom yet? Watch five new characters, you mean? Uh, no, um, you know, Wi-Fi play. Online. Oh, yes. Wi-Fi has been officially confirmed, and uh, they're using the same uh, sort of online play engine as they do in uh, what's it called? one of the Naruto games, because uh, the A-Ting team that worked on TVC also did one of the Naruto games. And uh, apparently, from what I understand, the uh, online's pretty stable in that, so they're working to sort of eliminate the lag as much as possible, which I think is pretty important if you want to build up a substantial fighting game community these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's also, you know, BlazBlue, which is another... BlazBlue? I say BlazBlue, it's... Yeah, BlazBlue. Cool. Um, Blaze you know, whatever. Uh, I was going to say, they... That's a pretty fun one. I got to play that for a couple months or so. I've got a bunch of friends who are like hardcore 2D fighter fanatics, so I get to play a lot of Blaze Blue pretty regularly. And uh, it was just recently announced that they're developing a sort of super Blaze Blues to yeah. sort of go with our Super Fire Force session called Blaze Blue Continuum Shift, As which basically takes the, yeah. Yeah, takes the existing sort of Blaze Blue game. Adds two new characters, Subaki and uh, Hazama, who people who played through the story mode of Blaze Blue will recognize. And uh, basically, therein, the existing characters are going to get sort of balanced. And I think there's there's some other feature that I'm forgetting. I can't remember what it is. Um, no, it's not coming to me off the top of my head. What it was, but um, I don't know. Who do you play as when you play Blaze Blue? Oh, I play Bang, no questions asked. That guy is ridiculous. I love it. And then I'll play uh, Tao Kaka every once in a while. She's the crazy uh, cat. I'm a fan of Tao. But Bang is so ridiculous. He's he's got some uh, sort of really strong moves. Uh, He moves pretty quickly. He can cross the uh, screen in far fewer frames than, say, like, Tager or something, which is pretty important in a fast-paced fighting game like this, but probably my favorite part of him is that he has a combo that makes him turn all Super Saiyan and gives him his own theme song by Hironobu Kageyama, who sung the uh, DBZ theme, 
wow. powers him up. He moves a lot faster. It is absolutely ridiculous. It's so awesome. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Yeah, I play a little bit of uh, Noel as well. And oh yeah, she's good. Yeah. Um, I know Panda did some gin, and I think he made a little bit of Ben. Well, too. Panda is a uh, Tager. He mostly because of his uh, Tager Buster attack, which is the one where he jump, he'll grab you, jump up, slam you down on the ground. That does a lot of damage, so yeah. it's pretty easy to sort of build up combos with that one. Mm-hmm. And Arakune is so broken. <laughs> Arakune is oh ridiculous. Oh my god, don't get me started on Arakune. So ridiculous. But, um, no, we could... I, I really should play that game more if I had it, and Panda has it, and we don't Same have it here. Too. But, uh... Likewise. It's a good game, good game. Um, that's getting the, you know, expansion treatment. Um, last thing, we also have to talk the, uh, the quote-unquote brawl game. Oh man. TMNT Smash Up. This one <laughs> this one's a bit of an interesting one. I've I've been playing the game for a couple weeks now. I've unlocked all the uh, bonus content. And my final verdict is it's okay. It's not great, it's not terrible, it's just okay. I mean, it's nowhere near as good as Brawl, but in terms of, like, sort of imitators, I'd say it's probably among the best, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, I might be sort of biased to that because I am a diehard TMNT fanboy, so I'm sort of biased. I play... Uh, I mostly do the tag team one, which is I think is a really interesting feature that I hope is uh, integrated into future Brawl things, where you basically have the sort of... Uh, Zelda chic thing. You can switch off between fighters. You can do it with basically anybody. Oh, nice. And uh, I think that's sort of an interesting dynamic to have, and I th- want to see it uh, integrated into future Smash games. I'm pretty and, sure you uh, can I can turn off the colored auras. Yeah. Yeah, you can turn off the color. You can turn off the colored auras. So that's not a huge problem. That's ridiculous. Mostly, like, why did they? Uh, why did they even have the trailers that showed that? It just looked like a bad idea to begin with. Yeah. Although I will say the game is much faster paced than the trailers would lead you to believe. I think they like purposefully slowed down all the trailers or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mostly play Shredder because Shredder's badass. He has like a lot of really powerful attacks, but he's sort of like Ganondorf in that they've got a long sort of charge up time. And uh, I also play uh, Fugitoid, who was a big player back in the original uh, comics and second animated series. And he's got a really good sort of ranged game. He's got these limbs that sort of extend out. And uh, that's really advantageous because most of the characters are sort of close-range fighters. But uh, those limbs also expand his hitbox. So if somebody comes down on your extended arm, then you're going to get hit, take damage. So it's sort of... Uh, you got to sort of play mind games with people, trick them into sort of an attack like that, uh, keep them as far away as possible and make sure that they don't sort of get above you or else you're sort of in trouble. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's not, it's not the Brawl successor that everybody sort of expected it to be early on, but it is definitely a pretty good purchase if you're a Brawl fan, a TMNT fan, whatever. 
I think that, you know, without really playing it, my thoughts on it summed up, you know, when you told the story of the last thing you unlocked. Like, that's all the game is, really. Well, sort of. I kind of got to the good stuff immediately because there's passwords to uh, unlock some of the good stuff, like uh, some alternate costumes, the Technodrome stage, fan service stuff like that. I basically just saved the longer thing for... Uh, very last, which I'm—I might as well spoil it. It's just a trailer for the uh, movie box set with all four movies on it. It's kind of dumb, but yeah, it sounds pretty lame. Yeah, there's some decent unlockable stuff in there. There's concept art for the game, for the original movies, for the, the uh, cartoon Turtles Forever coming out two weeks. I'm hyped, <laughs> and uh, I mean. They, they've got a decent selection. It, I'd probably like it a lot more if it wasn't for the fact that about a quarter of the roster is made up of rabbits who, aside from maybe the Ninja Rabbit, I don't think has any place in this game. Yeah. Mostly because I am a TMNT fan. I've sort of explored all the different continuities and uh, versions the franchise has gone through. And they had so many different characters. TMNT is one of the few franchises that could actually sort of pull off a brawl game because they've got such a diverse lineup of characters spanning so many different interpretations. And they sort of went to the like the last ones you would ever pick right after the mainstays. So like April, Casey, Splinter, Four Turtles, Shredder. Those are all out of the way, but like no Bebop and Rocksteady, no Krang, no Nobody, no Triceratons. Nobody like that. It's it's just really disappointing from uh, the perspective of a longtime fan, but still, the gameplay is fairly solid, and it's worth at least a rental, if not a purchase. All right. Um, before we get to our last segment, we're going to have one mail time question. Uh, it would be from ShockTH456. Or just Shock. Um... Question is the Project Needle Mouse trailer debuted not too long ago. There aren't <laughs> there aren't a lot of details yet, but the new, but the idea of a new HD 2D Sonic game is one that some have been craving for a long time. What is your opinion on this new announcement? Um, I figure you have a thing or two to say about this. It's it's, you know, it's kind of what you want. It is you know what people have been wanting. I mean. Get Unleashed out of the way. Get Black Knight out of the way. 2D Sonic Gaming is where it's at. I even went back and played Sonic Advance 1 today. And, like, those are some good times. Like, that's that's what the root of all Sonic Gaming should be. I mean, although I'll, I will give Unleashed credit. The, uh, you know, the side-scrolling parts of the stages were fun because that is the root of Sonic Gaming. Now, maybe, you know, young kids today when they're, like, you know, you know, getting raised with Sonic on these newer games, uh, I, like, don't know that, but that's what Sonic's all about, and if they can pull it together well, I, I would be all for this, this Project Needle Mouse, as it were. Exactly. I'm, my thoughts. It's where... It's what Sonic grew up on. That's what everybody knows. That's what made the series great. Um, the only time basically it did well in 3D was you know the Sonic Adventure games but yes what everybody has been wanting is a good 2D Sonic game again I mean Sonic Advance did that for a while on the Game Boy Advance but 
it just kind of died out. And if they're going to put so much effort in, pay attention to the fans of what they want, and actually do it well, then you know Sonic might be back as uh, a favorable franchise. I wouldn't say um, wouldn't reference that it's fallen necessarily as a legitimate franchise, but in the eyes of fans, for it to be glorified again, it definitely needs this game to do exceedingly well. Although I'm, I'm just waiting for the day when Nintendo buys Sega because it's like Sega's just you know trying to cling on to you know whatever is is left of their company, making you know Sonic games, whether it's you know Winter Olympics or the racing one that's going to be coming out, or you know even this one. Hey, like, they, hey, in defense of the racing one, they have Rio from Shenmue and he drives a forklift. That is badass. <laughs> but anyway, you were saying Cyberlink. Yeah, I I mean, I might be coming from a different camp than everybody because I really enjoyed the uh, daytime stages in the 360 version of Unleashed, but I think that this one has a lot of... Uh, I think this one has a good shot. I mean, I love the uh, original Genesis games. I love the advanced games. I love the Rush games. And if it's that sort of uh, whole speed mixed with physics-based gameplay that the old ones were known for so well, then I really think that this could be Sonic's proverbial comeback, shall we say. I really think that this one has a lot of uh, a lot of stuff behind it. Like, I would have been happy if they had just remade the uh, original Genesis games in, like, HD or using the uh, Hedgehog engine from Unleashed. But an entirely new HD 2D Sonic game, that that's just what everybody has been clamoring for for so many years now. And I really think that it's going to go over well with the fan base, with the press, with a lot of people. And this just might be sort of the shot in the arm that the franchise needs. Yeah, but just wait. It's probably going to be like another year, year and a half until it comes out, so... It says 2010. I have no reason to doubt that. Well, with, you know, the way games have been delayed, you never know. Um, yeah, but they I was going to say, they announced Unleashed in 08, and it came out the same year, so I am not... Maybe that one should have been delayed, so it would be better. <laughs> um, so, yeah... I think we've covered pretty much all our topics. Now we're going to kind of wrap things up with something we're hoping to maybe make a little bit of a a continual segment in our audio podcast reboot. Everyone loves YouTube videos, so we, you know, we're going to leave you with a, a YouTube video that or you know, a set of videos that we've been uh, getting hooked on for the past couple weeks. And mine comes from the channel of a uh, youtube.com slash Mixer Productions. Mixer Productions uh, does a lot of amazing mashups, especially if you're a fan of Sonic music and, you know, pop music. Uh, he's got some great ones, like, you know, he mixes uh, Poker Face, not to be you know, confused with the Cartman or Christopher Walken versions, but uh, Lady Gaga's Poker Face with uh, Lava Reef Zone. Also a fan of, uh, you know, Smooth Criminal and Ice Cap Zone. And uh, my favorite, personally... Hydro City and Michael Jackson's Bad. And he's just got a lot of other great ones. He actually knows, you know, what key is, what sounds good, what goes together well. Getting the acapella versions of songs to mix it up. Definitely check out Mixer Productions on YouTube. 
yeah, there are plenty of mashup videos out there on YouTube, so it is very refreshing to not only find someone that does it well, but to have someone that does it really well, as you were saying, with key and everything. So definitely someone to check out. Um, while the Cartman and Christopher Walken uh, poker face videos are amazing, um, I have a couple other ones uh, to recommend. Um, if you are you know, a fan of How I Met Your Mother uh, show um, from CBS, uh, there's a video of the awesome Barney Stinson that basically is a compilation of a lot of his best quotes. Uh, that's a good one. But uh, one that I liked a while back, um, there was a, a football player from the Buffalo Bills that had a little um, pro- uh, spe- speaking problem during his uh, press interview. So you need to Google like um remix and you're bound to find it. Um, the guy name is uh, Ellis Lankster. And um, definitely an interesting, not only interview, but this one guy uh, remixes it and makes a song out of it. And it is pretty catchy. can definitely listen to it a number of times. Very nice. And uh, for mine, first I should probably clarify that at Yomacon, uh, Team Four Star debuted their new special based on Bardock, the father of Goku, and Will Karibo debuted Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge episodes 33. Uh, 43 and 44 so if you haven't seen those yet you should probably check out their respective channels go see that visit their websites or whatever but that is not what I came here to promote no my good friends I came here to shamelessly promote myself like the whore that I am oh no right now you dirty tramp right now and proud of it But right now, myself and my good friend Game Buddy of Sonic Paradox, you probably heard him as the voice of Sonic in most of the uh, Sonic Shorts collection, are, well, we're rebooting a series that we began two years ago called Sonic F. It's basically sort of an abridged version of Sonic X. We've tried sort of doing it a couple times before, it never worked out, and now we're just going all out, balls to the wall on it. We've got a full cast, we've got much better video and sound quality, we've got new jokes, new content, and we actually premiered the first episode at Yomacon, and it went over phenomenally, without question. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be sort of revamping that first episode a little, fixing some stuff that we weren't able to fix in time for the con, and uh, we're probably going to be launching that sometime within the next few weeks, after which point we'll start sort of getting on a regular schedule of releasing episodes. And uh, basically, I'm going to be playing a couple of different characters. I play uh, Deco, one of uh, Eggman's henchmen, who sounds kind of like a Dalek from Doctor Who. Exterminate! Exterminate! And then uh, I also play Chuck, the uh, crazy grandpa character, who kind of sounds like a cross between Carter Peter Schmidt and Nappa if they had like a sick love child or something. And then uh, the third character I play is uh, Ella the housekeeper, who was uh, voiced by a male in both languages. So I decided to just go completely all out and make her sound as masculine as possible. So she kind of sounds like a cross between Hulk Hogan and John DiMaggio. What you gonna do when Ella Media comes for you, punk? And uh, you got. Yeah, we've got uh, about, I want to say, five or six full episodes written, and uh, we've got 
jokes written for like every episode plus the unrelated Sonic anime movie. So we're going to try and see how many of those we can get out in the shortest amount of time. So keep an eye out for Sonic F in the near future. Sonic F. Yeah. Um, and also you got to keep a lookout for the videos that you took at Yomacon. Um, for those who miss, for those who want to see the panels, you're going to be uh, uploading those videos. You took a lot of video, my friend. I did. The total comes out to around 40 gigs worth of video. With good quality. Is, so that's really important. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic quality, but I'm going to need to chop them up like nobody's business in order to both compress down the quality so that they'll fit and to uh, keep them within YouTube's 10-minute limit. So you're going to have see like panels separated into part 11, part 12, that kind of thing. Awesome. But it's definitely worth it. I mean, there were some very good panels there. And uh, those that are uploaded already are only like partial. I mean, skipping major parts. Oh, how do we not talk about the anime radio panel? Oh my god, oh, we yes, yes. I went to that last year. It was fantastic, and it was just as good this year without yes, a question. I saw it on YouTube last year, and I was looking for this 2009 one to surface already because I wanted to watch it again. But I've only seen bits and pieces of it, at best. Yeah. So got- I did manage to record the full thing, so I will be making absolutely sure to put that up at some point. First priority. First. Without question. Do it. I became woman. Yeah. <laughs> And here's the best line of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. Hey there. Good stuff. You guys definitely have to Good check stuff. that stuff out. Um, but otherwise, I think that's not a bad first go at podcasting. You know, for you know, getting back into the swing of things. You know, just like around an hour and fifteen minutes, pretty good length. And episode fifty, we're we're hitting the middle ages. Oh, that came out wrong. Our midlife crisis? I had something like that. I'm amazed we managed to get through an entire episode with, like, virtually no tangents. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's because I got a rain panda in when he (laughs) starts talking. (laughs) But, um... Otherwise, thank you, uh, you Cyberlink and Sword Hunter, for for joining me. And, um... Guys, we'll try to get panda on in a couple episodes or something like that, but man's gotta, you know, not be studying all the time. Um, Indeed, I actually as soon as I'm done with this podcast, I gotta get back to writing my graphic novels. So, yeah, and I have to go and uh, play ODST with friends. Yeah, and I have to not have my voice give out on me because I've been coughing. And thank you to the people on uh, Stickham. I kind of posted it last minute. That's what we gotta do. We gotta plug. We got a Facebook page. Yeah, search "Show Me Your News" on Facebook. Become a fan. You can join the group too, but. Become a fan. Um, of course, twitter.com slash show me your news. And also YouTube. And if you haven't already registered if you haven't already registered for the message boards, what is wrong with you? Of course, yeah. S- all of you anybody who need, anybody who's listening, you need to register at the message boards. And I am not just saying that because it's an admin and it would make me look good. Yeah, it's smyn.smashnexus.net slash forum. It's easy to remember. You go and sign up, and we're we're a good group of people. So, um, but yeah, thank you, Major Moses, Piffman Two, P Man One Five Four, Super TH, and Water Tails for sticking it out until the end. Not bad for uh, when I posted a few hours ago on those Facebook and Twitter pages that 
Yeah, we're going live tonight. Um, well, but, <laughs> otherwise, with that, I'm Yoko. I'm Sword Hunter. I'm Cyberlink420. And we are out. Thank you for listening. You guys, we don't have uh, that much of an Easter egg this week, but I have to plug endoftheweekpodcast.com. Uh, the EOTW team, you know, the Nardist, Xander, and a whole lot of them, they uh, you know, represent the WePals.net community, also known as Nintendo Pals, and they do great work. They've got, you know, they're in the high 30s of podcasts, you know, wrapping up gaming news like us, you know, they do great work, and I definitely got to give a plug for them. I've been doing some blogging for them on their uh, endoftheweekpodcast.com website. I'd definitely recommend checking them out if you're a fan of Show Me Your News. And I'm thinking that's, that's pretty much the Easter egg for this week. <laughs>